Well, welcome to the Sisters Podcast. I'm Margie Schaefer, and my partner in crime, Lee Laird, is in the booth right now. <laughs> She'll be joining us in a few minutes because it's not a Sisters Podcast without both sisters. But um, today is a very unique and special day because we're having our first guest on the podcast. And we're very excited, grateful, humble to have our guest. And that is Wendy Tacey. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you, Margie and Lee, for having me. I'm happy to be here with you today. We're so happy you're here. And we, oh, Lee, do you want to say something? Well, um, we're we're sad because Wendy's moving away. Yes, she's been friend. We've been we were talking about how long each of us have known her, and you've known her since before she was married, which was what like you just said you celebrated twenty six years, so 24. or twenty four years, twenty four years. And I've known her for probably fifteen years because our kids have kind of grown up together, and our oldest daughters are very good friends, mm-hmm. and uh, well, and our. And my boys are very good friends with your girls, too. So they've, you know, my three have grown up with your two. And you've spoken into my daughter's life countless times in your in your girls groups, which you're going to be sharing about today. So thank you for being here. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of the background and the context of why we're having Wendy today, because um, we're going to entitle this podcast saying goodbye because we are saying goodbye to Wendy Uh, for now. She and her family will be moving to Tucson, Arizona, and uh, this weekend, actually. So we were trying to grab some time with her before she left. And, uh, you know, we we do share a lot of years of knowing Wendy. Our lives have intersected in many different ways. And uh, Wendy, I don't know if you remember, but your husband was my daughter's first ever boss. Yes. In the law offices. In the law offices at <laughs> Bothell. And so we just have a lot of history together. Um, but what we wanted to do today is just share and hear from Wendy because what Wendy has done, and many of you listening already know this, um, as Wendy's daughters got older, Wendy decided that uh, there was a real missing element in in their lives and in the lives of their friends. And that was the element of discipleship. And um, and so her heart was to see her own daughters discipled. And so Wendy started creating girls groups as a result of that. And so um, Wendy and I, in the context of Flourish Through the Word Ministries, have co-labored together for years. And um, Wendy has been a part of every conference that we've had every year. And in fact, Wendy, I found this little flourish tag. Mm -hmm. I just happened to find it this weekend. And this is from our first conference. And I don't know if you remember, on the back of the tag, it says, this bag was made especially for the Flourish Conference by Girls Rescued from the Streets of India by Open Hand Charitable Trust. This ministry reaches out to the poorest of the poor living at the local railway station and in surrounding slum areas. And then we just put for the least of these. And uh, so one of the things that we did at the very first conference was give every attendee a cloth handmade bag from India. Do you want to 
share just a little bit about that? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with that, but you were the catalyst to making all of that happen. Yeah, and as you mentioned it, I'm not even sure I exactly remember how that connection was made with those women in India, but I do remember a picture that I can recall in my mind of all of those 200 plus or more bags that showed up at 300 my plus, yeah, I think. at my house yes, I, on yes, my living room floor as we yes. sorted through them um, because those were going to be the bags on the chairs of all the women at mm-hmm. the conference. Mm-hmm. And they were so thrilled to partner with us to know that they could send those and that those girls that had been rescued out of trafficking mm-hmm. had had an opportunity to contribute to the conference. And that was really cool. I forgot all about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. how how neat that I would run across that tag right before we would meet to do this podcast because that whole gift of the bag for each woman that came to the conference really set the tone for every conference since then because we've always partnered as a ministry with other ministries that are reaching out to the poor. Yeah. And that was kind of a really big deal for yeah. us yeah. to do that and just to pray those bags in from India on yep. time. And yep. Yep. it was amazing. But you were the catalyst to making that happen. And um, that's, that's yeah, yeah. So we did send you some questions so that you could mm-hmm. be prepared yes. as we talk to you for a few minutes. Um, so. As you prepare to leave your lifelong home of Washington, Mm -hmm. you were born and raised here, right? Yes. What are you taking with you as you move away Um, in regards to relationships, lessons, life-shaping choices, whatever you want to share? This is your opportunity. Well, in these quiet days of COVID-19, as we've all been in quarantine, I... um, have found a tremendous opportunity and quiet time with the Lord in my walks around the neighborhood. And um, never before have I used the mornings as my prayer time to just walk in nature and look to the sky and speak to God at just about the details of life and changing seasons, because obviously this is a changing season. And the three verses that I brought with me today to share with you, and one of them is actually quite relevant because it has the word desert in it since I'm moving to the desert. (laughs) Um, is um, out of Isaiah 43, 18. And these have mm-hmm. been, all three of these verses have been really dear to me in mm-hmm. this time. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do not, per, that you do not perceive it. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Mm-hmm. And that's out of Isaiah. Um, another one that's been dear to me in this time is Philippians 3, 13 through 14. I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do Forgetting was what forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, mm. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Um, and then be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9. And I am going to take these verses and post them in my new home um, to remember this season um, as we move ahead. Um, so those have been dear to me. But something in regard to your question is that... Um, Moving forward, I definitely want to cherish and be mindful of the importance of godly friendships and community, which Margie, you have demonstrated, inspired, and shown me over the years just by what you have done with Flourish. Um, I think it's essential for blooming wherever God has planted us and in whatever season we find ourselves. As lovers of Jesus, we need the encouragement and the sharpening of God's people in our lives. 
So I've thought as we're living in a time of mandated quarantine, I've also cherished my lingering quiet times with God, talking to him in prayer about the next season. I am believing that God is not only doing a reset on many levels in our culture, but he's asking us if we're willing to step outside of our comfort zones and consider new ways of doing life in community in ways that maybe we hadn't previously thought of. I'm sensing that he's taking our family to a new place to become more dependent on him as we get a fresh perspective on where he's asking us to abide um, and to serve. And what is that going to look like? Um, I got on a Zoom this afternoon with some of the women in our parenting group that we have facilitated in our home on Thursday afternoons. And many of them had some very heartfelt grief over just some of the things that we've lost in some of what we've been experiencing. Um, And I said, you know what's really interesting to me is as we prepare to move, a huge life lesson, because you asked me that, what's a life lesson Mm -hmm. you've learned, Mm -hmm. um, that God's taught you this past year, and it involved the season of parenting. Um, And so uh, this was my thought. I I said to the women over the Zoom today, I said, The greatest thing that I have learned this past year is releasing our most precious relationships to God and the incredible power of prayer in the details of life, Mm. that he's interested in the details. It's not just the big stuff that we think that we should be praying for. It's all the details. So I said to them, you guys know I've spoken to a lot of parenting groups, and one of the things I always say is that it is our goal to work ourselves out of a job and to joyfully pass the baton to God and lovingly becoming the parent of our kids when we cannot physically be present. And I experienced this in a very personal way this year as I watched him step into the role of becoming genuinely personal to my oldest daughter away from home in college living in the Midwest this year. We experienced some moments of unexpected adversity and disappointment, and I watched her cling to Jesus for strength and wisdom that facilitated immeasurable growth in spiritual maturity that no parent could ever manufacture or teach. And I'm grateful for it. And here's why, because I listened to her tell me that despite the challenges that she faced, she sensed that Jesus was as close to her as the wind that whistles through the trees across the campus when she walked Mm. every day. And I said, as I watched it unfold from far away, it bolstered my faith. And I believe it is a key part of my ability to step Mm. out in faith to make a move, to move to a place that I've never lived before, um, away from my home in Washington that I've lived here my whole life. I think this allows us to walk in faith in times of uncertainty and to trust that God is near at all times. This experience has given me some newfound freedom to step out into the new adventure with anticipation and enthusiasm because of what I know he's going to reveal when we keep our eyes on him. So let me ask you, now we kind of know the backstory of what went on with your daughter, which we won't put that out here on the podcast, but we know God met her right where she was at and really helped her get through that. It was a tough trial. Yeah. And same for you. Yeah. Not only you, but her dad also, just Mm -hmm. her parents, you know, watching from afar this trial. But... How did did you know now where you stand and you're getting ready to move in just a few days? Yeah. Did you have any idea that it would kind of come full circle back to you? No. And that it was that trial yeah. that was preparing you for this huge move of a lifetime, really? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I think there was as much for me to learn in that as there was for her in the experience that she walked through in just learning how to release and let go and trust the Lord that he's gonna take care of it. We walk alongside, we cheerlead each other on through trials, but 
ultimately God knows everything. And um, I really, so far away, had to lay it on the line and just trust that he's going to take care of it. And he did in more ways than I could have even imagined um, in bringing her home in all that we're experiencing mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. even. Um, and growing up that I couldn't have, I couldn't have taught her, but the Lord taught her away. Right. And that bolstered my faith to know we can walk through anything. Mm-hmm. The Lord, he can take us in and out of seasons and we can trust him. And it's, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fear. So you're moving from the soggy Northwest yes. to the desert Southwest. <laughs> My webbed feet are going to need to dry oh, out. Yeah, You're going to have to become really acclimated <laughs> to that weather. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to say before we move on to that next question or anything you want to ask about this first? Um, because this, this really is a big deal. Yeah, You're leaving your lifelong home. Mm-hmm. You've only known the state of Washington, and it's very obvious the Lord is leading you and your family to a new state, a new adventure. And, you know, we both watched our parents leave their home of 40 years. Yeah. It wasn't their lifelong home, but mm-hmm. 40 years, mm-hmm. half their mm-hmm. lives. And mm-hmm. um, it was uh, very traumatic for our mom. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course she was much older than you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's hard to start over when you're their age, you know. So I have a lot of sympathy for anyone that moves away because I just know the, the transition and the starting over and, mm-hmm. you know, just reestablishing yourself in a new city is, is, yeah. is not easy. But yet, you know, based on your testimony today, you have the Lord. Yeah. who's going to be with you every step of the way. Yeah. No. A great new book I just discovered called When the Boxes Are Unpacked, Susan Miller. Susan Miller left Atlanta, Georgia for the 14th move in the 20 years of her married life to Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh. And she has a ministry in churches across the country called Moving On After Moving In. And it's a fantastic book. Huh. Anyway, I've enjoyed reading it. I discovered it from a neighbor in my neighborhood who moved away to Texas a year ago, and she recommended it to me over email. Oh. And it's been yeah, very lovely, practical, very practical, very... full of scripture, full of mm-hmm. where does you can bloom where the Lord takes you. And Absolutely. being out of your comfort zone sometimes is not a bad thing because he wants to do something new. So, Well, we're happy for you. We're not happy for us, <laughs> but... <laughs> We have a lot of personal feelings, but uh, we'll talk about them on another podcast (laughs) when you're not here. Well, and I gave these questions to Wendy in advance, so she's very prepared to answer them. And my second question was, well, tell us about how you began your ministry to young teenage girls and why? Good question. It was good for me to ponder. (laughs) Honestly, I never set out to have a ministry to teen girls. (laughs) Isn't that interesting mm. how God works, right? Um, because I think it organically began and took shape in a really quiet season while I was at home in the middle of parenting. That's when it started. I believe that when we're willing to surrender our lives to some of the things that God has given us responsibility over, He teaches us our capacities of how to pour out and the muscle and the wisdom that He's building in us for the next assignment. So I think as women and moms, we know that the seemingly mundane tasks of caring for our home and families sometimes does not 
seem glamorous. In fact, it's not glamorous. <laughs> um, and often it, um, but it holds significant meaning, particularly in a culture that devalues um, what is really at the heartbeat of God. And so when I look um, at what God has done uh, through the lens of what he says is important, I think it has the potential to build in us lessons that God wants to teach us about ourselves and the kingdom assignments. So to give you a little backtrack, at age 35, after 17 years in a career mm-hmm. in a dance community and a business owner and a dance instructor I, that I had started in my teen years, I was working through the pop process of what a wise woman said to me was, a, was retirement at age 35. I was reevaluating my overly built identity as a dancer. I knew the Lord was nudging me to turn my efforts toward home and my family. All the while, interestingly enough, um, in some very quiet days, he was teaching me about my own value, my own worth, and my own identity that was completely secure in Jesus Christ. Now, how old were your girls at that? You were 35. Yeah, seven and four at the time. Okay, so little girls. Little. Mm Mm-hmm. I was learning that this was enough and that I was completely and accept, completely accepted and loved by God regardless of my past successes and my acclaim for my own accomplishments. That was a big learning lesson. That is a big lesson. So yeah. here's what I think. The beauty of God's handiwork is that he, he knows what we're good at and he recycles everything. I think he <laughs> loves to recycle our gifts from one season while he transfers it and transforms it right into a new passion for his glory in the next. Mm. And that's how I think the stuff with girls got started. God already knew that I uh, had a season that I begin a vi- that, that I had a vision for an intentional course that I think spoke specifically to God's view of us as treasured, valued, and deeply loved. As I continued to watch my own girls grow into the tween age years, um, and what I knew from teaching teens all those years in the dance business, mm-hmm. I noticed that the emergence of style, this is interesting, was the beginning of their self-expression in a young girl. I was Hmm. determined, um, and in determining her identity, I noticed that would either her her identity would either be persuaded by a worldly lens of what defines her, or it would be guided by a clear understanding of her position as an image bearer of God and a daughter of the King. So I desired for a girl to capture a vision for herself that flowed from the truth of a Christ-centered identity. And in my attempt to do this, I tried to come up with language that a girl could understand, which manifested into the word gloss. Girls leaning on the Savior for their style. Um, and the acronym that spells out in the curriculum was that you uh, is the word girls. You're gifted with a purpose. You're individually called by God. You are a reflection of his glory. You are lovely in his sight and you are set apart for greatness. So to answer your question, the rest is kind mm-hmm. of history. I wrote the Gloss Workbook. I created a hands-on kit mm-hmm. that was utilized in a 10-hour course offered in our home around a beautiful table. And it allows girls to gather, study, and engage in deep discussion through stories, scripture references, quizzes, and lessons that pointed them toward a foundation. I think of the beauty and the blessing that is found in surrendering their hearts to Jesus Christ in the teen years. Mm. Well, that's my long answer. (laughs) (laughs) And what was so neat was um, knowing you when that was just a vision and then watching the book and the course become a reality. And so now when I hear the word gloss, the book pops Mm -hmm. into my uh, mind and um, my daughter was uh, much older when you started these classes but Lee your daughter participated in the class what mm-hmm. what did it mean mm-hmm. to her well I have a very vivid memory of, um, of of driving her home one night after a basketball practice she was playing on this little basketball team and I think this was when you were 
we were still attending the same church and you were teaching the curriculum on Sunday mornings, which was what brought us from the church we had been at to the church we're at now. Um, She was kind of floundering at our former church and, and you had, you were starting this, this class on Sunday mornings for girls her age. And, uh, and I remember coming home, I think my husband was traveling that week and I um, went to go pick her up from school where she was practicing. And she said, mom, I really like this gloss curriculum. It's just, it's really, really good. And, and I just, yeah, I'm just getting so much out of it. And, and I think it's just really, it's what I really needed right now, you know? And of course, you know, she continued on with her. I think, I think she was in maybe sixth or seventh grade at that time. She was, she was young. Um, but she continued on with your groups all the way through her high school years. And, uh, you know, she her sometimes on those, that senior year spotty, her attendance was a little spotty because they get so busy in that, that senior year, you know, but, um, but she feels very connected to you and to your family because of that, you know, she has, uh, has a very strong emotional bond with you guys because of that. And, and, um, whenever she's ever asked, you know, who is a woman that has, who is someone other than your parents who have spoken into your life? Wendy Mm -hmm. is the name that, that comes up always so um yeah 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 that's great i Mm -hmm. love it yeah so the fruit of your life Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. no that's such a good story Mm -hmm. and um i know there are probably many girls Mm -hmm. like abby who could say the same thing and one of the things that you did was um we mentioned the conferences you know you would feature some of these girls every year at the conference and a little bit of a Q&A time. And every year was a different group of girls. I remember one year in particular, um, they were all seniors and they were moving on. And uh, I think Abby was a part of that. She might have um, been, yeah, yeah. Panel that one year. But just seeing these girls that had come up through the gloss curriculum and had been, you know, fundamentally discipled within that context and then seeing them as they were ready to launch into their next season and um those are precious memories and also uh your girls did some of our openers at conference they would dance and um i don't know it was two or three different times they would um that was such a that's also a precious memory so now we'll have to get really creative since (laughs) they won't be local anymore to open up the conference from dancing to yeah. american sign language <laughs> yes. to i mean i don't know we did all kinds of things. all kinds of things but it was all fun yeah such a great memory